Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. And they were great at the beach scene as well, there, the beach scene. There, there's some beach of course it's a bl there's a beach like twice they go twice <laughs> hi guys welcome to lovecast the boys love podcast i'm your host alexa and with me are my fellow hosts kayla and pixie hi hey. It's a rarity that I'm the one leading the podcast (laughs) intro, but it's fitting because today we are deep diving into the show that is my current personality. It has bewitched me body and soul, and I am talking about the masterpiece that is my school president. (laughs) So I personally know I have a lot to say about it, but before we get into it, we just have to, of course, plug our Thailand Kickstarter that is... Still going on as of right now, it's heading into its final weeks and we're still pushing towards meeting our goal so that hopefully we can travel to Thailand later this summer and record a bunch of cool on location content for you guys, vlogs, Mm -hmm. interviews, games, all that fun stuff. If you listen to more than one of our episodes, you've probably heard this spiel multiple times already, but we want to keep pushing it. So if you're here for the first time or if you haven't heard it yet, you can find a lot more information about it at the link in the description. We have Kickstarter, so we're offering reward tiers. A lot of stuff is tied into what we'll hopefully be doing in Thailand, rewards Mm -hmm. that'll come based on that, and a lot of stuff just involving, you know, being a part of the podcast in a bigger way. So yeah, we are really hoping to make this trip happen this year, and we need your guys' support to do it. So consider checking out the Kickstarter, spreading it around to people, donating if you have a little bit of disposable income that you want to throw our way. All that kind of stuff is super helpful to us and hopefully can help make it happen. Yay! Yeah. Yep. All right. (laughs) Now that we've covered our little promo moment... So I'm assuming if people are watching this episode, they've probably watched My School President. But for those who haven't, (laughs) 
pixie. <laughs> call out. We'll, we'll get into that later. But just a short synopsis for those who might be coming into this deciding if maybe they want to watch the show. So it follows two high school students, Gun and Tin. And Gun is the leader of his school's music club. And it's basically on the brink of being canceled because they have this reputation for being like basically losers who don't take it seriously and they don't, you know, mm. bring any honor to the school. So Tin comes in as someone who's had a crush on Gun for multiple years, and he basically wants to help him save the club. So he runs for school president, and basically his mission is to help him win this big high school music band competition called Hot Wave. And while he's helping Gun win Hot Wave, they start falling for each other, and thus an iconic BL is born. Mm-hmm. So just like getting into the overall story and overall thoughts on the show, I feel like for a lot of people, for me included, the show kind of came out of nowhere. So like, why do we think that was? Like, what was it about this show that has kind of just like taken over everyone's personalities? Can I just say, mm-hmm. as someone who hasn't watched the whole thing, like I will say, <laughs> I watched a couple, <laughs> like two three episodes maybe i don't remember (laughs) but what i sort of caught from what everyone's been talking and what i've seen myself is that i get sort of the together vibe from it Mm -hmm. yeah so that's where i landed like that's where i feel like it has like the draw that together had and just like i don't know the comfy feeling yeah Yeah, there's definitely a lot of comfort that comes from it. And I think it's similar to Together. It just has that very, like, light, comedic, feel-good vibe Mm -hmm. that I think is why a lot of people watch Together, especially at Mm -hmm. the time that it was out. And I think that's definitely the same for this one. I mean, I don't think anyone... I'm sure a lot of people went into it with high expectations. But, like, I know I personally was just kind of, like... When the first, like, mock trailer came out, I had zero interest in it. I was like, this looks like a kind of like stereotypical high school BL. It didn't seem like anything like super Mm -hmm. special to me. And I was like, this isn't really like for me as an audience. And so like, I wasn't really planning on watching it. And Mm -hmm. then the official trailer came out and I was like, this looks better than the mock trailer. I'll probably check it out. I was anticipating it being like a very casual watch. And then I remember seeing like the first episode came out and everyone's reactions were just like, this is so great. Like, this is so much different than I expected. And like, I went in and watched the first episode and it was just like, done for. Like, there's just something about the vibe of the show that kind of just like drew you in immediately, at least for Mm -hmm. me. And I can't really explain what it is. I think it's just like a factor of a bunch of different things like that comfort level, that comedic factor, the lightness of the story that just kind of like, draws you in and did the same for so many other people even Mm -hmm. if the story itself didn't seem like it would be anything super special yeah Mm -hmm. it's one of those shows that like i guess on the surface seem like there's not much going on in the Mm -hmm. ways of i don't know like themes or whatever but i feel like the way this series depicted like being a queer teenager was just Mm -hmm. so on point and it just the whole time I was watching it, I was like, we have come such a long way <laughs> with yeah. GMMTV, with Ty BL, because, mm-hmm. like, mm, they're really just 
there's more shows coming out that are so like unapologetically queer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I think that is a big draw for it for people. And then just like the cast, honestly, yeah. <laughs> they yeah. are really great. They're what make the show so they great. They really just like, yeah. it's so fun to watch them both on and off the screen. And I think it's one of those things where you see them off screen and it like makes you want to watch the show even more. Mm, I will say that like, if you compare it to like together gemini and fourth has a lot more chemistry (laughs) (laughs) it is true it is true yeah i won't deny that i was like it definitely has the together vibes but in terms Mm -hmm. of like leagues it's like my school president's like yeah yeah it's it's elevated for sure together walked so this could run (laughs) literally yeah (laughs) yeah 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 oh I kept, like, thinking, like, GMMTV has such, like, talented kids who are coming mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. Like, 4th and Gemini have impressed me so much. Between oh Moonlight Chicken and this show, I was, like, I'm they jumping on the train. Like, the they're so Join good. Join me. Join me in the <laughs> Gemini 4th so club. <laughs> I might have to. <laughs> I'm, I'm living here now. <laughs> but, yeah, I think, like, kind of what you were saying Kayla is like it does feel like on the surface it's like there's not a lot there like you read the plot and you're like okay this is very typical and like Mm -hmm. it is very typical but I think the way it's written and the way they tackle these themes of like first love and working towards your dreams and first queer love and like Mm -hmm. embracing like the last days of high school and stuff like that like even though I graduated high school this is this year is my 10 year anniversary of graduating from high school. So like I've been out of high school for a decade, which is like stressful to think about. But like, I still like, you know, you can, it brings you back to those themes. It's kind of like Heartstopper in those sense where like, it makes you reminisce on those days of your youth and like seeing like queer first love portrayed so optimistically. Mm -hmm. But also I think touching on super like realistic and relevant struggles that queer teens and then just teens in general are going through. There's a lot of themes that are really well written that I think just like made it stand out. Mm -hmm. And I think one of my favorite things in terms of the writing was the way that they approached conflict in this series. Like I've talked about it a lot, like in the server and on Twitter, but I love that these like conflicts that they had in like each episode were very like self-contained within the episode. Mm -hmm. So like in particular, I think of one that in a, like a typical BL, like would have overarched into like three or four episodes is (laughs) Pixie. I'm I'm sure you don't mind spoilers, but like there's going to be spoilers. (laughs) I know you're usually a spoilers person. So like in the second half of the series, they bring in this plot with Gunn's mom and Mm -hmm. her health and basically, there's a situation where she passes out at her cafe while Tin is there helping her, and he mm-hmm. takes her to the hospital, and they find out that she has, like, a tumor. It's benign, but, like, you know, it needs to be removed immediately. And she specifically asks Tin not to tell Gun because it's, like, right before their music competition, and she doesn't want to worry him. And so there is this situation of, like, Tin withholding that information from Gun gun finding out and like he kind of gets upset with him but i think the thing that sets it apart is like in a typical bl like that secret and that whole plot would have overarched between like two or three episodes (laughs) it maybe would have played into an episode 11 curse or something Mm -hmm. like that Mm -hmm. but in the show like 
the conflict was introduced came to a head and was resolved within like the first half of the episode. So wow. like, you know, Tin find or Gun finds out and he's upset with Tin, mm-hmm. but like they handle it so well that like he finds out that like the truth behind the situation and that his yeah. mom asked him not to tell Tin within like the span of like 30 minutes and then they're fine and they don't stretch like yeah. this miscommunication across like three episodes and make it into mm-hmm. like a yeah, huge dude. thing like a year ago that plot that you just described there would be the whole freaking plot of exactly (laughs) like literally (laughs) yes exactly so it's just this way of like they introduce these conflicts that are that are realistic and Mm. you know create problems for the characters and for their relationship but Mm. they're solved in a way that makes sense and in a timeline that makes sense Mm -hmm. and like you know, someone in the server was saying that, like, these two high school students have better communication than 90% of the adults in, like, other BL series that we've watched. Like, they address when they're upset with each other, and they explain their reasonings for being upset, and they understand each other. And it's just, like, so wildly refreshing to watch. It's like, what is going on here? Like, I kept waiting for the other shoe to drop for there to be, like, a conflict that, like, got ridiculously drawn out or didn't make sense and it just like didn't happen and i was just like mm-hmm. this is so surprising yeah i loved tan and gun because like no matter what they were going through or what was upsetting them they were always there for each other mm-hmm. like supporting each other and heather said it might speak to like gen z being more open and i agree with that yeah <laughs> i think it is like reflective of a younger generation being more open talking about their feelings and like mental health and stuff Mm -hmm. like that yeah i agree and i think that's reflected in like the production and cast and crew behind the scenes as well because like all who was the director like you know i was looking at him on what's it called my i almost said imdb but it's my drama list (laughs) um he was born in 1992 like you know, a lot of the directors for mm-hmm. these BL series are on the younger side. And even though, like, he's technically still a millennial, I think, like, him, you know, having that younger perspective and that younger millennial perspective that's, like, Definitely. somewhat closer to the Gen Z generation and the younger generation, like, mm-hmm. you know, you can kind of see that reflected in his directing choices. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it's the same with a lot of, like, the writers and the other cast and crew involved. So I definitely think that probably speaks to why we've seen... In general, a lot healthier relationships coming from BLs overall, for the most part, you mm-hmm. know, depending on the type of show it's meant to be. But yeah, I definitely think that particularly reflected in this one. Mm-hmm. I will mm-hmm. say that, like, I feel that involvement in BL and involvement in, like, the queer community in itself opens your mind more. Because I mm-hmm. see people in my generation, my age... And they're so close-minded. And I just, like, imagine for this podcast, before I was so involved and talking about this stuff every day and listening to other people talk about it, and I was like that, right? Mm -hmm. So it's it's crazy to me, like, that, uh, that we can be so separated, even though you're the same generation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It's it's always like a kind of like a culture shock when I see people my age who are like so like I don't know what the word I don't want to say just like different and I also don't just want to like 
I don't want to make it like a political statement, mm-hmm. but like you see some people and you're like, we are the same age living in mm-hmm. the same time period, experiencing mm-hmm. a lot of the same like world catastrophes mm-hmm. that are happening. And I like, you don't understand how their viewpoint can be so different, mm-hmm. but like, I think, you know, you exist in a bubble, like, you yeah. know, I exist in a very mm-hmm. queer bubble, a very, you know, diverse bubble so like you don't really think about how people can be outside of that Mm -hmm. and then like you step into the real world or that reality hits and you're like oof Mm -hmm. that is that is what some people are like and I think that's a lot of why like a lot of us retreat into this bubble of BL that's overwhelmingly Mm -hmm. like positive in that regard compared to other places in the world but I think this show did a good job of like mixing that positivity and with like a lot of the realism of like what we we're saying of the gen z what they're experiencing now and what mm-hmm. their relationships are like and you know how they're navigating their current world so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so speaking of like directing and that kind of stuff i know i believe that this was all's first like project taking on as a director so i know he's like been i think a screenwriter or production on other gmm tv productions but this was his first time like coming on fully as a director and honestly I think you know I think he did a great job I enjoyed like he would put out like director's notes for each episode I really enjoyed reading through those and like kind of getting his thought process on things and seeing him kind of go through like what choices he made and like what choices Mm -hmm. he talked through with the actors and how they played into things And I liked being able to read, like, you know, what kind of things are improvised and how the scene was talked through with, like, the cast and stuff like that. And I just think he had, like, I really just, like, appreciated the way he approached the show and, like, working with Mm -hmm. these young actors and, like, still giving them their agency in the roles, I guess. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, like, from a production standpoint, like, (laughs) one thing I was thinking about was... When I was coming into this before you started recording, I was saying how, like, I was really scared of, like, what Pixie's reaction to this show would be. Because it's, like, very not in your wheelhouse of things yeah. that you typically get into. Yeah. And one of the things I was thinking about was the sound effects. Because oh I know God. you hate sound effects. Sound but no. <laughs> but, like, the whole it's... thing is that it's comedic. Like, exactly. and it's so funny. Because, like, I feel like sometimes as international fans, a lot of the humor will go over our heads because it's, like, specific to Thai culture. But I feel like this show is universally funny. Like, there were so many moments where I had to replay it over because I was like, this is hilarious. (laughs) Fucking hilarious. Like, literally. It it genuinely was. Like, I found myself, yeah. There were a lot of times that, like, I laughed out loud at, like, where they place the sound effects or those, like cut zooms that they do a lot of the time where it's like Mm -hmm. and then they just cut and it's like really zoomed in like those kind of editings that are like very comedic in nature but like i don't know it just i don't know maybe i'm so biased but it just worked with this show like it felt like it felt like an anime Mm -hmm. kind of or like even like keita hatsukoi like it felt really animated yeah i mean i don't mind sound effects if they are placed in a way that makes sense but Mm -hmm. so often we see these shows just 
throwing them in there just to try and force you to think this was funny when it <laughs> wasn't it's like it's like someone telling you a joke and everyone in the room just staring at them in silence and they're just like oh my Dump. god <laughs> like, no it's like, it's no, like... <laughs> no it didn't work <laughs> let it go <laughs> oh my gosh it's like whenever you're at a live audience and they're like clap please <laughs> Please. But no, it's Heather. not like that in this series. Yeah. It's really so not. So I can yeah. I can appreciate it when it's actually being used well. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, Heather pointed out like the overuse oh. of the horse sound effect. Oh, I do hate and that they, one. Every time they put it in to like signify that they're making like a dick or a sex joke and we're like, mm. we we get it guys, we get what you're going for. We'll but like is, is big dick energy. It's, <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> It's fine. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Poor Kayla was drinking when you said that. <laughs> it's fine. But no, yeah. There. I definitely think that like this is one of the places where like the sound effects added to the show as opposed to like taking away from comedic mm. moments. And just with the overall like brightness and warmth that the show had, it kind of just like all flowed together really well and mm. It's, it's very much like a cohesive project. Like, there was never a moment where I felt like... Oh, let me reflect. Yeah, I don't really think there was a moment <laughs> that I felt like something felt really out of place as, like, an editing choice or a sound mm. effect choice. I mean, obviously, there's always, like, those little audio critiques that I have with Ty Aww. BL. And, you know, they definitely have some of those at, like, the beach scenes and when they're by water and that kind of stuff. But, like... <laughs> There's nothing like super jarring that stuck out where I was like, this was edited really weirdly or this didn't really make sense or was put together really weirdly type situation. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that was all very cohesive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like, can we sort of like have a petition for Thai production houses to hire sound people? <laughs> <laughs> or maybe just do like multiple takes. Right. Because... I think they have the tools and the people mm. at their disposal, but I don't know if it's like because they're on a time crunch or it's mm. just like really difficult to get background noise out. But sometimes it feels like they do one take. And that's yeah. it. I mean, they could do it just like in the Chinese shows and shit. They do oh, a <laughs> sound <laughs> studio there. Yeah, like the ADR. Is that what it's called when they come in yeah. after the fact and like re-record um, over bits they do that it like in the most audio movies in Hollywood as well? Like yeah. it's true. when the when the sound is bad at the location, they re-record mm -hmm. it in mm -hmm. studio afterwards and just sync it in and make it sound natural. They mm. should. Maybe they should send their sound tech people on like a trip to to America or something for <laughs> exchange student trip. Exchange to student. learn about sound. <laughs> they have to be careful though who they go to to learn <laughs> because there is shitty sound oh, right. yeah, in every that's market. True. That's true. <laughs> Oh my Honestly, there was a long time that I didn't realize how the fact that, like, most productions did ADR and that they yeah. go in, like, recording after the fact. Like, obviously, I think with the Chinese dramas, it's really obvious because a lot of the times, yeah. like, the dubbing is not the, the greatest. It's not the voice of the actor. They use yeah, different they actors have someone to get with, like, the, the right dialect. Common, 
Yeah, that's, mm-hmm. I was going to say accent dialect is the word I was looking mm-hmm. for. Thank you. But yeah, I didn't realize how common that was to do in shows because, I mean, a lot of them do make it just seem so natural. And yeah, yeah. I don't know, you know, if it's just it's not art. something that's common in the Thai media industry or if it's like a budgetary thing or what. But at this point, I feel like I'm kind of used to it. So it's not really something, unless it's like, so jarring that I can't even hear what they're saying, which sometimes does happen in these shows. Yeah, like mean... the beach scenes can be really ba- oh, love in the air, love in the air. <laughs> yes, that, that was jarring. One of the, the sound worst just I've out. heard in recent years. Oh my god, yeah, yeah. But... Send them to get yeah, the you guys come to America. <laughs> They have the money. Just just do it. Invest. <laughs> yes. Let us come teach you here. Uh, yeah. But overall, like, aside from those common, like, audio things, I didn't really notice anything in this show that was, like, like I said, I feel like I'm approaching everything from a really biased lens. So I'm just like, Not yet, there's nothing sure. wrong with this show at all. <laughs> they could do no wrong. Like, everything's perfect. But it's just how I feel. Mm-hmm. I love how they kind of had the, like, comic draw-in things, kind of like Heartstopper did mm-hmm. in the show. And I love how they had a literal friend zone line that would come up. I and then they one. would, like, get closer and closer and or it would fade apart. away. Yeah. Oh, that was so good. So yeah, good. There was some really good editing choices in there. Yeah. All right. So, like, we did mention, Kayla did mention, like, the acting, especially with Gemini and Fourth. Especially with fourth, I mm. was literally like blown away by some of the emotions he could portray in the show. Like even thinking, well, I'm trying not to think about Moonlight Chicken since that's like a different <laughs> discussion completely. But there are these moments where like, so in the story, like his character's dad died very suddenly in a car accident. And that plays into a lot of like his insecurity that he has about That plays into a lot of his insecurity that he has around, like, being a musician and performing on stage because his dad was a musician and he doesn't want to disappoint him. Like, you know, he kind of wants to follow that dream in his dad's place type of thing. But there is a lot of moments, like, these really, like, like, soft, sensitive moments where, you know, he's having these conversations with Tin about losing his dad and how he felt in those moments and, you know, Mm -hmm. how he handled it afterwards. And it was just, like... I was blown away. I know this was not her first acting gig. Like, I know he was an F4 and they filmed Moonlight Chicken before they filmed My School President. Mm-hmm. But, like, seeing... Like, he's still a rookie actor and he's barely 18 years old. So, like, I was so, like, surprised by how emotional the emotional scenes managed to make me. Like, I just, like... I don't know if I just wasn't expecting the acting to be as sound as it was mm-hmm. from, like, such young rookie actors but like it was really like just something special especially from fourth he just like blew me away in so many of his scenes mm-hmm. yeah you know how people say like <laughs> they seem like they're just some guys that's how <laughs> i feel about this cast it feels like they're just friends who showed up to yes. like film something for fun mm. which makes everything feel natural Yes, I feel like so many of their scenes that were, like, the whole group together, they probably just hit record and let them, like, do their shit, basically. Because the crew is, like, the friend group is supposed to be so chaotic and so all over Mm -hmm. the place. Like, I feel like... I was reading Casey's interview with Teen Vogue, and he was talking about, like, the actors... Not the... Gun... 
Gemini in fourth. That's who the actors are. We're talking about how, like, you know, because it was a bunch of young dudes playing high school students, like, it felt sometimes like they were basically in a high school classroom with the way they interacted with each other and, you know, the jokes and that kind of stuff. So I feel like that translated really well to the screen and just how their friendship felt coming off on camera. But yeah, I just, I really enjoyed them all. I thought Mark was great. Like his comedic timing as two was just like some of his facial expressions (laughs) and the way he delivered his lines were just so hilarious. And it's so funny because Mark has been in like, Mark's in the Warp Effect, Moonlight Chicken, and My School President, which are all airing like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or whatever. (laughs) So seeing him go through all these roles like at different days in the week, is just so funny because he's so different in all of them. But his comedic timing is too, is just hilarious. And honestly, like, he was the real MVP of the show. He was probably like my favorite character overall. (laughs) Like literally... Tin wouldn't have accomplished anything if it wasn't for him. Nothing would have happened the band wouldn't you. have accomplished anything. Like he takes the initiative. He's the unsung hero. <laughs> he was like the ultimate wingman. Like he went above and beyond for his bestie. And also like he had his little crush on poor, which they kind of oh. touched on at the end. But like he was truly like the icon of the show. Like there is there would be no Chinzilla, there would be no tin gun without two. Seriously. <laughs> okay, I'm curious what you thought about sound and wind as a pairing. Kayla, I guess. <laughs> I don't even know who that is. So they were the secondary <laughs> pairing. I think Band. I think sound Band. didn't come in until episode four, so you probably Right, so haven't, I haven't even seen it. <laughs> really yet. I feel like their pairing would have been more your vibe, Pixie, because they had like kind of like that we're always fighting, bickering right. to like when they're kind of assholes to each other to relationship type situation. Mm-hmm. So I feel I like they probably that. would have been your vibe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I liked them. Like the dynamic of sound coming in to mm-hmm. the band and clashing with them <laughs> was very interesting. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed them. I feel like I didn't feel like strongly about it, but whenever they were on screen, I was just like, oh, they're so cute, which is how I felt about everyone. I was just like, oh, they're so cute. Yeah, I feel like I was pretty like, for like the first couple episodes that they were kind of like hinting that this would be a thing, like during the Just Being Friendly episode and stuff like that, I feel like I was still pretty neutral on them. The episode that really did me in was the one where... Wynn finds out about Sound's wrist situation. Yeah, yeah. And I feel mm-hmm. like the scenes in that episode were like, okay, I really see where people are coming from with these two. And they were great at the beach scene as well. There, the beach scene. There, there's a beach. Of course. It's a BL. There's a beach <laughs> like twice. They go twice. <laughs> How can but you it's have not a BL like... without a beach? Uh, <laughs> It's very much, like, not your typical BL beach episode, because, like, yeah. in most BLs, the beach is where they go to, like, bang. Like, that's what, like, things are going <laughs> <That's> down. <accurate. laughs> Meanwhile, in this one, they were, like, it's basically, like, they were at, like, a boot camp to practice for, like, their music competition. And, like, there uh-huh. were a lot of cute, like, scenes that happened there, but it was I- a lot of, like, focus on the gun, like, sound... <laughs> I, like, have too many thoughts circling around in my head that, like, I can't <laughs> word any of them properly. 
But yeah, I think their beach episode was a lot of them, like, focusing in on their feelings and, like, channeling that into their music, I guess, was, like, Uh the overall theme with, like, Gunn having to write a song and Sound using his to confess his feelings for when, and just, like, the other members kind of finding their cohesiveness as a group was kind of, like, the focus of this beach episode. Soul-searching. Literally. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of the same for the second one where they went back and it was after they, spoiler alert, lost the big music competition. <laughs> Plot twist. <laughs> and they were like fighting each other nonstop. And it was kind of like that was their place where they went to kind of like reconcile and get back mm-hmm. on the same page with the band again. So mm-hmm. the beach episode was there, but a very different vibe that we're typically used to with beach episodes. Yeah, I liked the beach episode because yeah. then it led into the whole thing of Tin's mom, mm. like starting to suspect that something was going on. And I loved that whole storyline. Hey, sorry to interrupt, but I wanted to remind you guys that our Thailand trip Kickstarter is live right now. We're hoping to be able to go to Thailand later on this year and film some in-person interviews, various content, basically all the things that you love about Lovecast, but on site. So if you're able to, please donate to our campaign or share and like it around if you know some people with money. And we hope to see you in Thailand this year. Again, I will leave the Kickstarter in the description but yeah, get back to watching. Yeah, so. oh my god. I knew, like, from the whole time, I never thought that Tin's mom was gonna, like, be the evil mother that, like, hates Gun and, like, forces them to break up. Like, I kind of got the vibe very early on that, like, she was snooping. Mm-hmm. And she was kind of, like, invading Gun's Tin's privacy at some points, like, when she almost checked his phone and stuff like that. But I could read very early on that I felt like she was just, like, because they had been so close, wondering why he was all of a sudden being so secretive. Mm. And I really like how it panned out in the end, where, like, they had this parallel of, like, Gunn telling his mom about Tin, and then Tin's mom wanting to ask Tin about Gunn, but kind Mm -hmm. of stepping back because she could see that he was scared and wasn't ready to tell her. So kind of like the parallel of like Gunn and Tin being at two different points and like being ready to come out to their parents and also like how both of their parents respected those boundaries was like Mm -hmm. really, really well done. Yeah, I mean, I feel often in BLs that like the whole coming out to the parent is often done really rushed and really unexplained, mm-hmm. if you know what yeah. I mean. Yeah. It's just like, it's just used as a way for either the parent to be, oh, you're my baby, or be like, <laughs> oh, get out of my house, you animal. No, like, <laughs> exactly. That's why I loved the mom's storyline because mm-hmm. we see over a couple episodes of her basically having this like life crisis where she's like she's like was i not there enough for him that he like doesn't feel like he could tell me anything trust me yeah she's like having a a parental crisis yeah she almost had like her own mini storyline in that aspect and it did obviously culminate in this situation in the finale where there's this absolutely fucking asshole terrible teacher that (laughs) oh my god like it was insane like when I was listening to the things he was. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Saying, and I was like, you're a teacher saying, like, literally this 50-year-old man was gossiping about his students being gay in the bathroom with another teacher and like they overheard him and like this whole situation where another student punches a teacher and it's like it was wild it was truly wild <laughs> but like <laughs> it culminates in the scene because Tin's mom is the principal and you know so she ends up having to handle the situation from like a disciplinary perspective and it culminates in this scene of her like basically coming to Tin's defense before he'd ever really like openly told her that he was queer and dating gun mm-hmm. and just like the reassurance that she gave him in that scene like as a mother was just like it was just like mm-hmm. a really great character arc for a mom and i like yeah. how like you were saying pixie it didn't feel rushed like it, they built it up over a couple episodes and you kind of see her journey and being worried about tin mm-hmm. understanding what's going on with him but not wanting to push that boundary and kind mm-hmm. of navigating why he doesn't feel comfortable telling her so it's a really interesting perspective to take as like as a parent in a bl whereas like i think gun's mom was more of like the stereotypical like i support my son in whatever he does and they were they had Mm -hmm. a wonderful relationship gun and Mm -hmm. his mom they were so sweet but it was nice to kind of have tin's mom offer that more like complex parental perspective and i think they handled it really well yeah, I mean, I, I appreciate more a storyline like that than, uh, as an example, like, okay, the dad in, in Between Us, who is basically mm. treating his kids as property, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. you should do this, I am saying this, I, like, I make the choices, I make the rules, listen to me, like, they're not supposed to have a mind of their own. So I appreciate, like, this mutual respect for each other, 
Because, exactly. like, yeah, you're mother and son, but at the same time, you're humans、mm-hmm. and you have your own ideas of the world and how you go through that. Yeah. It's like, it gives so much more dimension to both characters. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And Tim's dad was just like, He was like the green flag parent. Like, he was there, he was really grounding for Tin's mom, kind of like、yeah. when she was kind of freaking out, like, why isn't he telling us this? Why doesn't he trust us? He was kind of like the voice of, like, he'll tell us in his own time. Like,、mm-hmm. you know, she was really worried about how society will treat him, which is,、mm-hmm. you know, the common parental worry.、Yeah. And, you know, he was kind of like the, well, if the world is cruel to our son, then, like, we have to be the safe space for him、yeah. type. Voice that I think like really helped her navigating understanding、mm. where Tin was at. So, yeah, the parents were just like chef's kiss in the show. Like, they、mm-hmm. were great.、Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Honestly, like, I could not have imagined a better casting for this series. Like, the cast was great. The, the kids were great. The parents were great. Like, everything just came together so well. And I think that it worked and they worked really well together. So,、mm-hmm. yeah. I loved Poor too. <laughs>、yes. I wanted to recreate one of his outfits, but I felt like I didn't have the pieces that quite fit. I really liked him. He was、icon. funny. His cardigans, I want all of them. I am such a sucker for like bright, colorful cardigans with like the block patterns and stuff like that. Oh my、mm-hmm. God, his clothes and the crop tops. Like, he is truly an icon, always serving us the looks. I love him.、Mm-hmm. He was a cute character. All right, so we obviously cannot talk about this series without talking about the music, which I know music is always like controversial in BLs because everyone gets scared when they see their BL characters pick up a guitar and get ready <laughs> to start singing on camera. But, like, I mean, like, it was almost like it wasn't a musical, but it was kind of a musical. But like,、mm, yeah. It was like、yeah. a musical, but like not in the stereotypical sense. Like, there were some scenes that, like, it was kind of like a break into me. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. It was like, it was like they would start saying, the band would start singing a song, and then the、mm-hmm. song would relate to what was going on in the story.、Mm-hmm. So, like, the characters would start singing、mm-hmm. it. Right. So, like, the mom would start singing, and then, like, whoever else、mm-hmm. would start singing. Because the song, the lyrics resonated、right. with what was happening.、Right. And then they also had like the performances that worked in as well. So, like, you、yeah. know, they weren't all just like them performing on stage, but they also weren't all just like them kind of having these musical moments. And I think I remember the episode five, I think, was the one with the mom where they kind of had the duet. And I know、mm-hmm. that one was kind of controversial because it was the first one that wasn't like, A performance happening on stage, and a lot of people thought、yeah. it felt like very jarring. <laughs> and I think they included more of them after that. But I don't know. I just think like it kind of really played into the emotion of the moment. And、mm-hmm. like you said, it worked into what the characters were going through. And all of the songs are very meaningfully chosen, and the lyrics worked into what was going on in the story. And so, like, yeah, I thought. I thought it worked really well, and it was honestly like a really、yeah. emotional performance. And I appreciated the ones that were like a mix of kind of like performing and also like a musical performance、mm-hmm. type situation. Yeah. yeah. I For- loved the scene whenever their friend like wants to apologize to that girl. <laughs> 
So he goes to her house and she's like, why did you bring all these people? And the camera zooms out and like they're all there and then they break into the dance. And then they use that part as like the opening credits. I was like, this is so clever. I loved it. It was so funny. Honestly, a banger of a song. It was a banger. I said, I will be willing to learn... We're going to be doing like a streamathon thing type situation. I don't know if this will come out before or after that happens. But one of the things I said is that I would be willing to learn the dance from that song and post it on TikTok if we hit a certain monetary goal. So like <laughs> only if we hit that certain monetary goal. But honestly, like it's such a banger. So if you guys want to see me do the smile, please dance on TikTok. Give us some money, please. Yeah. <laughs> It's the version of busking. <laughs> you literally be out busking, doing a dance challenge on TikTok. So, from the little that I watched, I really what hit me with the show and the music is that, like, for once you have a show which is supposed to be about music that actually has music in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. proper and not just in there to just like, oh, this is the OST. You need to listen yes. to this kind of thing. <laughs> they actually incorporate a lot of music into it. And not to compare it to Together again, but Together was about music I as well. Was but they <laughs> nearly never sing anything or have any concerts. It's just like scrubs coming up uh, at times. <laughs> There's nothing, but here yeah. you actually like have it all the time, and I appreciate that. Like they have too many BLs with too much music, <laughs> which feels unnatural. Yeah. So this yeah. this is nice. I mean, it's literally mm. a meme that like they will insert a BL boy randomly playing guitar at a point that like it doesn't need it in BL. So like. <laughs> it was really nice to have like the music actually work in the story and advance the story like, and it was good fucking music like i listened to the soundtrack oh at least gosh. once a day but like dude, like compare it to example tharn type did tharn <laughs> really need to play music in that show no was that like a characteristic <laughs> that was important for the show did it improve no. the plot did it do anything <laughs> No. no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot of the times I think that these shows will just, like, include a music moment for, like, a marketability thing. Yeah. Or, like, 100%. to make sure they the characters have, like, or the actors have something to perform if they do, like, a fan meet and stuff. But, like, yeah, here it was, like, the music was relevant. It was necessary for the show. And, like, it was good. Like, mm-hmm. I know, obviously, a lot of the cast came in musically talented. Like, I know Gemini sang in high school and stuff like that, but I know Fourth mm-hmm. didn't before doing this show. So, like, for him being the person that sang the most out of all of the cast and being the one that, like, had, like, the least musical experience... I'm sorry, I'm laughing because Heather put something in the chat. <laughs> but, like, he, he really knocked it out of the chart. Out of... off Out of the park off, is the off, phrase out, I was looking yeah. for. Out of the off chart? Off the chart. Off the chart and out of the park. Got those, (laughs) like, (laughs) mixed up. Thank you for distracting me, Heather. (laughs) Um, But yeah, like, he was so good. Like, I never would have... I never would have imagined that, like, this was, you know, him learning how to sing, basically, for this show. 
But yeah, Heather mentioned talking about Gemini having been <laughs> musical before the show. So the online meme is Gemini's <laughs> digital footprint and how like, there's like all these cursed videos of him in like, high school <laughs> and middle school just like doing random performances and singing random songs. Like, the editing, like, the most recent one... I am so glad the internet didn't exist when I grew up. Literally what I was thinking. Oh my god. Like, the most recent one is this edit of him singing Shape of You by Ed Sheeran, and for some reason he's edited into, like, Stonehenge in the background. (laughs) I cannot stop singing that song because of him and and oh. somehow all of the gmmtv boys found it and have been clowning him on twitter for it. like on whenever Khan <laughs> just quoting the song on a random clip of my school president and oh, there's like so all funny. these like tweets of gemini being like yeah digital footprint is scary guys so <laughs> yeah this is you know, these, these, you know, they're born in like 2004. So they've basically always grown up with the internet. So I was just like, thank God, like, there's no videos of me before like, my senior year of high school online anymore, which is I'm grateful for that. I do not like, I still remember in like, high school when we did like this dance in the gymnasium with like smurf (laughs) costumes on (laughs) thank fucking god that is never gonna see the light of day (laughs) oh my god no yeah i'm thinking of all these instances now where i'm like thank god just because it's so cringy yeah there's definitely Mm. some that like are out there of me from like my senior year of high school, but they're all privated and hopefully no one has access to them outside of the people I went to high school <laughs> with. Definitely some interesting videos out there, but for the most part, like my childhood is not documented on video, which is <laughs> for the best. <laughs> RIP Gemini and everyone else that was born in the 2000s that doesn't get that <laughs> privilege. <laughs> yes. But yeah, so that's where Gemini's cursed digital footprint comes from. I feel like we're just filling Pixie in on like all of the the memes and stuff. (laughs) This is why I also say that they're just some guys. Like they just fell into GMMTV. (laughs) Or like Ford being like on Twitter all the time. So Ford is the character who plays poor and he literally tweets like he has a stand account. I see him on Twitter all the time. Yeah, he's literally just replying (laughs) to people's tweets and like he's always talking about like the K-popification of the my school president boys and like who would be the (laughs) leader in the visual. It's so funny. It's so funny. It's definitely like they are like peak gen z like boys and it's so funny to watch them like exist online compared to like some of the older tmmtv actors oh mm. yeah good stuff yeah that's probably helped some of the hype for the show too yeah them being Absolutely. so interactive yeah it definitely makes a difference i mean you, you see that a lot with especially when they're interacting with the international fans yeah how that like draws people in mm-hmm. so i think it helps Okay, so we have to ask, when we're somewhat still talking about music, what, Kayla, were your favorite songs and why? This is hard. <laughs> First off, I just want to say I love that they used that Tilly Bird song. Yes. As, like, the main song that they covered because everybody loves that song. It's so good. And, of course, like, it 
again was reflective of Tin and Gun. Like I think it was Gun. There was a scene where he was listening to it in his mm-hmm. headphones, and then he started imagining Tin and yeah. like threw them off. Like, when do friends ever become <laughs> lovers in real life? And then it was just like flashbacking to him and Tin, like developing. Yeah, and then for each I other. think even that like led into like them performing the song or like practicing mm-hmm. the song. Like the way that music is incorporated is just so good. But mm, I don't know. I really like that first like OST. Uh, um, you got my called. back. Yes, yes. I really like You've that got one. My back, back. Yeah. I really love the smile one. Smile, please. Yeah. I really love the one that Ford sings. When does does he sing that at prom? I forget. The one where they're slow dancing. Yeah. yeah. Come closer. I really love that one yeah. too. Uh, so I can't choose in conclusion. It depends on my mood. <laughs> I can't choose. I think my favorite, it is really hard to choose just one. I feel like the one that Gun sang for Hot Wave, Let Me Tell You, it just like yeah. altered my brain chemistry as a person. Like it was just so good. I'm still waiting for them to put it on streaming services because they yeah. haven't yet. But I really love that one. And then from the covers, I really do like Just Being Friendly. I like the one that they performed in the park where, mm. like, from the first episode where, like, Tan is trying not to act like he's absolutely falling for a gun, singing adorably. Someone called. I think it's I Want to Scream Out Loud is that one. But, yeah, I think just, like, everyone was so good. And they don't have a single mess. Like, I genuinely listen to <laughs> I have a playlist on Spotify and I listen through to it at least once a day, if not more. So, like, that's where I'm at with the with the soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah. So another thing that I think was really great about the show were, like, the small overarching details that kind of played throughout the show. Like, the one I tweeted about yesterday was the Scrabble. Like, so mm-hmm. <laughs> Tin's club that he was in, he was in Scrabble Club for some reason. Yeah, I did um, get that. <laughs> as, a, as a true nerd, he was in Scrabble Club. And there's kind of like this overarching theme of him using the Scrabble board to like depict his emotions throughout the show. Mm-hmm. So like in the beginning when he's trying to confess to Gun, like very early on, like before. Right, yeah, you I've know. seen that flashback. Yeah, thing. when yeah. he's like spelling out like love and peace <laughs> and like all the stuff on the Scrabble board and like expecting Gun to pick up on it. And then there's like later episodes where like, you know, when him and Gun first admit their feelings for each other, but Gun says no because of their club rule that they can't date until after right. the music competition. He, like, has his pieces spelled out into the word broken. And, like, there's a point where Gun is, like, busy writing a song and, like, so he doesn't have time to, like, hang out with Tin. And he has, like, lonely and all this stuff, like, spelled out on his Scrabble board. This just sounds like me when I was, like, 15. So, and just, like... He's so dramatic and it's so <laughs> funny because, like, he's supposed to be this cool calm and collected school president but like right. he's so over dramatic and like mm-hmm. a crybaby when it comes to gun but then like the final one that i noticed yesterday was like in the very final scene of the show they're in gun's room and then like the scrabble pieces spelled out the end <laughs> just like it's so good it came full circle it was just so good and then the other big one that i feel like has been prevalent throughout the show is the pool and how I remember there was, I think it was one of the reaction videos that the director all 
did with like one of those, you know, the bigger Thai reaction channels where he was talking about how he purposely like set up the pool as the space where like, it's like kind of tin and gun safe space where they go mm-hmm. to have like their one-on-one conversations and kind of express themselves. And like the first time we see it is like in episode three when they're staying at two siblings condo and like they have that first moment in the pool where Tin says he's used this like line to hit on gun. It's like in multiple episodes further on, it's like always the space where the two of them go. It's like where they first recognize crossing the line of being just friends for each other, where they sat after they had their first technical date, even up to the finale where like, you know, that was where they had that, this moment of like, it's like where they go to like recognize their feelings for each other. I feel like and kind of have these like candid discussions about their feelings. Mm-hmm. So the pool That's kind the of being like their safe space pool and reflection. Yes, mm-hmm. there's yeah. a lot of symbolism there. You get it, Pixie. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, so that was another big one that I really liked. Yeah, there's just like these little cute things that like persisted throughout the show that kind of little Easter eggs to the relationship and the characters, like them always having pork barbecue that being like poor's thing and then once they reconcile they make it for poor instead of him being the one that's always like cooking for them like that type of stuff Mm. so i feel like there's just a little a lot of small moments that kind of like alluded to like the group's relationship but also Mm. like the relation the romantic relationships between tin and gun and the other characters as well Yes, Kayla mentioned the little, like, the I love you sign language is their thing. So it was, like, always Tin doing that at Gun, And then, like, in the later episodes, Gun started using it at Tin. Like, he got mm-hmm. he got drunk at one point and was, like, throwing out the I love you symbol subtly. <laughs> and, like, he did it in the finale, too. So Aww. I have, like, a soft spot for s- stuff like that. And, yes, and I, it's so an good. As an army to uh, BTS on stage with making those signs, I'm just like, <laughs> I'm back to my glory days. Like, it. Oh, I love it. <laughs> mm-hmm. This could be your new BTS, Pixie. My school president <laughs> could be your new BTS. <laughs> That is a tall order. Yeah, that is a tall order. <laughs> For Pixie. Oh my gosh. Now I'm thinking about like spaces where Tin and Gun were able to like just like interact and be themselves. Mm-hmm. And the hospital is another one. Mm, because yeah. whenever Gun's mom was in the hospital, he would always come and they would sit there after the visiting hours and mm-hmm. get to talk. A little bench. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, it's just, like, those little moments in those little spaces and just, like, these little admissions of their feelings for each other that felt very natural in those moments and, like, the casual intimacy, whether it's through words or, like, physical touch and stuff like that. Oh, the big overarching, like, bit throughout the show was, like, the will they, won't they kiss thing Mm -hmm. because there were so many moments of, like, Tin trying to go for the kiss and Gun being, like nope not yet you know we can do it after i win hot wave or after i you know all these Ah, things that would piss me off (laughs) (laughs) but like it made it like satisfying in the end when they actually did kiss in the final episode and like it was like that build up to this moment of like will they won't they there's a lot of people i think who felt like we might not get one you know it was like a fandom debate type together thing. all over again <laughs> <laughs> oh no yeah but like yeah. 
god. Heather's having a moment in the chat. <laughs> because, like, you know, they made up for it in other forms of intimacy, whether it be the cheek kisses or the hand mm-hmm. holding, or they had some really great hugs in there. And I feel like hugs are a really underappreciated form of intimacy. Mm-hmm. So, like, it didn't feel like the kiss was missing, at least not from my personal perspective, per se. But then, like, when you did get it in the final scene, like, it felt really gratifying because they had all those little, like, Easter egg moments of will they, won't they up until that point, so. No, it fit the, like, innocent Mm -hmm. school-type theme. Like, a schoolyard romance, is that what? Yes, yes. Yeah. But it was cute. It was a cute kiss. It wasn't, like... It was a cute kiss. It worked for their characters. It was fitting for two 18-year-olds kissing for the first time. Like, it was sweet. Yeah, so. Lots of little moments and Easter eggs throughout the show. And I feel like those type of things really, like, another thing that really brings the audience in and, like, you know, makes people look out for them and want to follow along with where the timeline is going. So, yeah. All right. So, I think... The big thing with the show is that, like, it came out of nowhere for a lot of people. I don't Like, I've seen a lot of, like, comparisons to, like, Together, in some regards to Bad Buddy. Kind of, like, these big, like, massive shows that kind of, like, have taken over the BL audiences at some point. But, like, do you think that, like, GMMTV would be able to replicate something like this again? Like, I feel like there's just so many, like, specific factors in that show that are, like, specific to who they cast and you know the type of show that they were putting out that was like i don't know if they would ever i don't know maybe maybe i think gmmtv knows how to grow and Mm -hmm. they've shown that through Mm -hmm. the years now um so i don't think that it's going to be a problem recreating it I don't think it will happen right away. I yeah. think you'll probably have to wait for it. <laughs> but like coming up this year, we have a lot of great like mm. options <laughs> for great shows. Like we've only seen the initial teasers, so we yeah. don't know. But it seems like GMMTV really is invested in doing great shows. And it seems like they sort of, cracked the code a little bit about Mm. like chemistry and how to like put these actors together and get a good result and they're letting more behind the scenes people that are part of the queer community be a part of this like production team which shows a Mm. lot Mm -hmm. absolutely yeah yeah i have the same type of thought and also just like trends are cyclical so Mm -hmm. people they're gonna come out with another high school one that'll probably affect people or impact them as much Mm -hmm. as this show has but yeah yeah, i don't think it's gonna happen for a while because yeah (laughs) yeah i think this show is like exceeded even gmmtv's expectations of like how big it would get and the following that it would get and like the following that Gemini and fourth would get from it but at the same time I feel like they kind of knew what they had on their hands because Mm -hmm. Gemini and fourth have been confirmed for so many projects before this one even came out Mm -hmm. like they had Moonlight Chicken My School President they're going to be in Milk Loves 23.5 Degrees didn't they have merch before they like became official they might have 
they I, might I have had like when they, they did that big keychains before they the shows came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they already have like our Sky episode was confirmed before my school president yeah. had even aired. Mm-hmm. So I feel like yeah. I'm like I guess GMM they knew what uh, they what, had. They they saw something in them and like they were not wrong. So like mm-hmm. when you were saying about like GMMTV knowing how to find like good chemistry these days, like yeah. they've stepped up their game significantly. Mm-hmm. And I do agree that yeah. I think like each of these shows that people have mentioned like together was significant for its time period and you know yep. the beginning of the pandemic. Bad Buddy was really significant to people for its own reasons and so mm-hmm. was this. So I think there will be another one that comes along that's like mm-hmm. very significant for its own reasons and kind mm-hmm. of elicits these same feelings. But yeah, I do think it'll be a while before we move on from this era. Yeah, I do feel like it's usually up to like the director of the show mm-hmm. if it's mm-hmm. going to have an impact or something. Like some of the directors have really dropped the ball, but at the same time, they've had some amazing ones in there really and it shows every time. the engagement yeah. of the shows that came out like we had the same comments for the eclipse like i didn't mm-hmm. go into that expecting anything but it was just like wow yeah so i think like they'll fail like shows coming out this year there will <laughs> not be all of them are gonna be there. good yeah. <laughs> yeah that's just as gonna much happen. as we want them to be <laughs> yeah but at the same time, they have so many good quality directors that there will be stuff. And mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Heather pointed out that together and Bad Buddy and My Secret Crush, My Secret Crush, My School President <laughs> all have a secret crush storyline. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's where GMMTV's money making lies in the secret yeah. crush storylines. That was Expand the first it thing I like- noticed. Yeah, I was going to say expand it to the coming out and being outed. Mm. Yeah. They love yeah. that. But anyway, <laughs> continue. That, that's yeah, no, I was like these. the main thing about Together and my school president is the whole thing about the stoic, haughty kind of character actually having a crush from the very beginning. Yeah, like he, he was on. the very first person that's having a crush, mm-hmm. right? That was the main, like, from the first three episodes, that's what I caught. Like, I was just yeah. like, ooh, together. <laughs> it does, yeah, that is a similar theme it's across. A, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so the final question I have before we wrap it up is, who would you recommend this show to? I say everyone. Oh. I think everyone needs to watch the show. Like, I genuinely think, like, there's a lot of people who... You know, from the looks of the show, like, it might not seem like something that would grab your interest or be up your alley. I mean, I had the same thoughts before I went in, but I genuinely think that there's, like, something you can find that you'll enjoy out of it. It's a fun watch. There's good music. Like, I just think, like, you might not be as obsessed with it as I am, but I think it'll be an enjoyable watch for most Mm -hmm. people. Like, you know, I just think everyone, you know would have a good time with it yeah if it's a it's a new bl fan who is leaning more against the spicy content i mm-hmm. might not like have pointed them towards this show first <laughs> <laughs> you need to be more appreciative of be like a thai bls yeah too. the tropes and stuff like that yeah, yeah especially if you genuinely sort of lean towards toxic heavier stuff um, yeah 
spicy mm-hmm. stuff. So, but yeah. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely not like if you're looking for dark, heavy, toxic characters, like this is not the place to look. Like we've got fluff and green flags everywhere. So like maybe if that's that's not your cup of tea, then like, you know. If you need trauma, this is not the show for you. (laughs) There is a little bit of trauma, just like healthily handled trauma. Soft trauma. (laughs) Addressed Mm -hmm. by the characters and their parents' trauma. Mm -hmm. So yeah, definitely not like toxic trauma that some Mm -hmm. people might gear towards. So locals i've been trying to get my younger sibling to watch it with me which like they are aware of bl and like we've watched a couple of shows together but definitely not like a fan fan like i am and i tried to make them watch the first two episodes while we were home while i was home on christmas break and she liked it but i haven't been able to get her to watch more with me because she's just she doesn't watch shows so i'm still in the process of like trying to convince them to keep Mm -hmm. watching with me Mm Yeah. I want to say that I would recommend it to everyone too, but I guess I'll be a little specific. <laughs> I think that older LGBTQ plus people would really mm-hmm. like it. I'm kind of in the same demographic of people who didn't think that they would like Heartstopper and ended yeah. up really loving it because mm-hmm. it is like so youthful and it like kind of brings you back to that time. Yeah. So I think that they would really enjoy it. I think they have, actually. Mm-hmm. I I sit in that demographic, I would say, and I really enjoyed it, I so <laughs> I can second that opinion. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, very fluffy. If you want the trauma, then come over to my side with Never Let Me Go. <laughs> Never Let Me Go, yeah. Moonlight Chicken, if you want to see more traumatic, oh, Gemini Fourth, Moonlight Chicken is providing plenty of familial trauma in that vein I, I, I and they're the best just part watch three episodes of every show that's out now right I, <laughs> I am so behind you have no idea that is fine okay we'll get you up to speed <laughs> all right well that is it for our my school president deep dive are you obsessed with this series as much as we are? Let us know down in the comments what your favorite moments were, what your favorite song was from the show. And have you also started your Our Sky 2 countdown? Because now that my school president is over, that is all I have to look forward to. <laughs> Share your thoughts with us down in the comments on YouTube or over on our socials, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, we're on all of those places. If you enjoyed this episode, like, subscribe, and comment, and also share with your friends while you're at it, (laughs) because that really helps us out a lot, and it helps us out with the YouTube algorithm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and be sure to check out our Kickstarter as well down in the description. But otherwise, thank you for joining us this week, and we'll see you again soon. Bye-bye. No, but, but seriously, I was talking to one of my employees yesterday and I mentioned that like I did a podcast. I thought I mentioned it before, but she was just like, what? <laughs> and then I had to explain it to her and she's just like, oh.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.